Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated sports podcast in the history of professional sports podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Live from the 8-1-5. Episode 74 of Live from the 815 Podcast. It's me, Colton. It's Jake. Jake, what's up, Jake? Hey, Colton. Glad to be here. What's up, Colton? Jake, thanks for asking me. We have a great, great, great episode this time. On this week's episode of Live from the 815 Podcast, we have Chicago White Sox left-handed reliever, Caleb Frere. But, Jake, I am pumped. It's time for my actual voice. Um... I thought that was comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Last week I said I was gonna start some shows with that. I think that that voice is so calming. When I heard it, it's awesome. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna keep doing. You got a little too sensual that time. You're usually more like announcery. That one was a little too quiet. It creeped me out. Yeah, that was no, that was sexy Colton coming out. That wasn't that wasn't Colton. podcast host Colton. That was like assless chaps Colton. Exactly. Great. Our <laughs> listeners are skyrocketing. Yeah. Oh, they are. Shout out to Norway. Um. Yeah, if you, if you guys didn't hear in my sexy voice, Caleb Frere from the Chicago White Sox, uh, actual Major League Baseball player, came on the show, and Jake made fun of him the whole time. So, um, I think that was mostly you, but it was an awesome interview, and uh, I'm sure we're gonna get tons of pro athletes after this. Yeah, no, it, yeah, he was he was fun as balls. So, stay tuned. Um, shout out to Caleb for coming on and being a great dude great overall guy shout out to him for getting married and shout out to us for uh i guess jake for standing up to him and talking shit to him so (laughs) Um, all right we'll kick it off with the uh, state of the union jake there is some talk going on in uh, chicago you know that there's new stuff the naggy pace dual interview is that a normal thing for every nfl team or was that just those two no, I think uh, after the season, most teams have a press conference. Theirs just seem to have a lot of news. Nagy just talks about everything. He doesn't give a shit. Oh, I he's love him. He's the opposite of John Fox. Oh, my like, he God. He tells it like it is. Like, he was pissed about Parky, and that's yeah. awesome. I love that so much, yeah. Somebody asked Matt Nagy about Parky going on uh, the Today Show, and he's like, dude, all season we go wee, 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 and that was a me thing. So now we have we have to address the uh, kicking kicking uh, situation here in here in Chicago. And then Pace was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to we're going to have to get better next year at that." Dude, Cody <laughs> Parkey, take your 9 million guaranteed dollars and get four and out a half of here. Four and a half on the books next year for him to not kick for the Bears. How do you give a kicker 9 million dollars? That's so much money. <laughs> Who's like not even that proven? Like you, I feel like, you know, if you have Adam Vinatieri, Steven Goskowski, like Mason Crosby, like old kickers who've done it for a long time you pay them you don't pay the like 27 year old guy who's who was pretty he, good last year i think he made the pro bowl once but whatever he also got cut oh. twice sick yeah. so maybe not the picture of consistency he's out of chicago yeah that press conference was pretty awesome yeah i think i thought that was awesome like like even pace as a gm was talking about more stuff than like other GMs. He's been on Pardon My Take. You've heard him do interviews. 
and he's very honest when it comes to stuff. He's not he doesn't give you the Patriots type response. So those no. two doing doing a uh, interview together makes me just love him even more. I was looking back at some Bears draft picks since since Pace took over. Not only is he hitting with these early round picks, he's given me Eddie Jackson in in the fourth round, um, and just like picks like that where rounds three and and beyond. Tariq Cohen was a fourth round pick, like actual impact guys that are doing something late late in the uh, draft. So that's that's what's actually like really cool to see. Yeah, he's had some uh, he's had some good drafts. He's been a good uh, and he traded for Khalil Mack, so he should be given all the credit for last year because yeah. without Mack, that year's a lot different. One thing that came out of that press conference that I did not like. Yeah, is, the, ne- the the main negative. Oh, my God. So, Matt Nagy coached Kareem Hunt back in Kansas City in his uh, rookie year. And he was asked about it, and he didn't close the door on it right away. He didn't say, not like, oh, all, we'll give him a shot. Open. The door is very open. Yeah. It's... So, he he's like, I called him. It's unfortunate for everybody involved. And he didn't, like, ever turn down the the notion that they're going to bring him in. If we bring in Kareem Hunt, I'll be like legitimately really pissed, really mad. You know, that would be a real shame if I had that to hold over bears fans. If in, in the case that the Packers are really bad again next year, it'd be a real shame if I could bring that up. You know, if I, if I was forced to morally bring that up every time you talked about the bears winning, that would suck for everybody. You know, what's cool is that living in Wisconsin for five years, I've realized that Packer fans are really, really, cool and they and they would never ever bring up stuff like that ever like they always no. are like wow the packers are bad the bears are doing really well this year Huzzah. Pat, you on the back. pat you right on the back and hand you a beer that's how packers fans are with bears fans yes um not like jack burns who i talked shit about last week yeah. <laughs> on the show yeah, fuck I- you jack burns i know you don't <laughs> listen to this podcast yeah norway didn't tweet at him which is upsetting oh they didn't yeah, not yet. <laughs> so yeah, dude, that, that like, what a fucking stupid ass thing to just leave open. Yeah, no, the cream hunt. Yeah, no, that's not a good look at all. I I think he needs to sit out a year, maybe. I don't know. I he, guess I thought he was gonna get. I assumed he would get signed, like immediately. But I he honestly didn't. didn't because Ray Rice never even sniffed a team. You know. Yeah, but Ray Rice's video was a million times worse. But, but I don't but know Kareem if anybody Hunt has cares. like three separate instances. Yeah, but a lot of guys do, you know, that get to play, but there's just not video of it. You know, that's the problem. It's the video. So you know, like Tyreek Hill shouldn't be playing, but he is. You know, Joe Mixon, he shouldn't be. In well, there. he had the video. He only has one incident, and it was on video, and it cost him millions of dollars. You know. He was busted. Yeah, Can't guys, have the that's that's where the NFL that when the that's when the NFL starts to care, which is sad. These guys are all losers, and I don't want Kareem Hunt on the Bears. He's a hey Kareem Hunt. If I know you're listening, you stink. <laughs> I got him so good there. You're a bum. <laughs> hey, keep your feet off of women, you freak. Keep your feet off the women and the, and your feet off Soldier Field. It's blessed ground. Wow, that was really tough and intimidating. Yeah, I fucking got him, dude. <laughs> you didn't sound like a 10-year-old at all. No, sure. I did. And you know what? If I did, I'd sound like a badass 10-year-old. A lot more <laughs> badass than I actually was at 10 years old. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For you can sure. find my YouTube videos to prove that, too. They're fucking, <laughs> they're awful. The one where you sing uh, the Miley Cyrus song? 
that one shows you your toughness. Yeah, and that was like the summer going into high school, so that was that was, <laughs> that was a tough look. <laughs> a bold move. All right. Anyway, moving on. Here we go. More Bears news. The big, the biggest Bears news, which you know, you're kind of covering the lead here. No, I'm not. We have three leads, and I'm talking about them, Jake. Okay, fine. I'll go fuck myself. Thank you. You want to talk about your new DC? Chuck Pagano is our new defensive coordinator in Chicago. Um, I was talking about it with Austin Hartsfield, who is a Colts fan, and he said it was a bad signing because Chuck Pagano didn't do anything for the Colts for their defense when he was when he was the head coach. I said, "Great, you don't have to do anything for this defense." You know, there there's so well, much talent helps. that that no. like I think it's it's if if you come in and like change things. If if Chuck Pagano is as passive as as I hear from my sources that I just revealed, then he might come in and be like, "Hey, like, what were you guys doing like last year?" And then they'll tell him, and then and then he'll just keep like calling the same style of defense. You, you know what I mean? Well, I think Vic Fan. They, I mean, there's been a lot of praise of Vic Fangio. No, I don't, I don't know, know Vic Fangio. He, he got has, hired by the Broncos. Yeah, no, he was. He is like, he's like the main reason. But I'm saying that if we already have a system in place with the same players. And Chuck Pagano doesn't come in and like change much or like ruffle too many feathers. I feel like we yeah. we have the talent to like stay good. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, the Bears are never are. There's zero percent chance the Bears have a bad defense next year. It's just you were number one by a lot this year with and you had those touchdowns. People called. Uh, people were saying he was the evil genius, uh, Vic Fangio. So like he was clearly scheming up some crazy stuff. I think Chuck Pagano was a good hire because. You don't want to. I don't know. He, he's he's had good defense before. He was with those Ravens teams with uh, Ray Lewis. So yeah, there he, you go. You know, he's done, he's done some good stuff. Todd Bowles would have probably been a better hire. And losing Vic Fangio does hurt. As a Packers fan, it doesn't make me upset that you lost Vic because uh, he's a he's a really really good DC. Yeah. So I think the Bears will have a good defense next year. I don't think it's going to be world breaking again. So. But you honestly, know, after that, on Trubisky, like after that season and after that press conference, seeing Matt Nagy and his like swagger and confidence, where he's like, "We're gonna get better, and I'm gonna make sure of it." I trust his, I trust his judgment and character of like of like bringing Chuck Pagano in. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean no, Chuck Pagano is a fine coach. I, I, he's not gonna, he's not gonna be the guy that gets fired like week six. You know, like Mike McCoy from the Cardinals, an offensive coordinator, he'll be fine. And the Bears' defense will be really good. Just, I mean, losing Vic Fangio might make, if they're not, you know, the best defense in the league next year, we'll know why. Yeah, agreed. So that is, uh, that's all the uh, Bears news coming from the press conference. Um, speaking of coaching changes, the Packers are trying to fill out their uh, coaching tree. Have you gotten have... any, any uh, calls yet? Uh, no, upsettingly. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm still a little too young, and I haven't met Sean McVay, even in an elevator. So, not getting a call. But they did hire. Uh, they kept Petten. They, they're keeping most of the defensive coaches. But on offense, we get Nathaniel Hackett. That which, sounds like a tool. You, well, you want to hear who he's coached, who he's been the offensive coordinator for the last five years? Sure. The Bills for two years. And then the Jaguars, the last wow. three, and got fired in midseason. He's groundbreaking. <laughs> oh, that's a really good hire. Yeah, well, I just want to point out, here's his list of quarterbacks he, he used in those years. The only ones he was given, E.J. Manuel, 
Thad Lewis, Jeff Toole, Kyle Orton, EJ Manuel again after <laughs> getting cut, Blake Bortles, and Cody Kessler. I just that's heard, I just and, heard and, two first-rounders and two second-rounders. That's then, a really good and point. And then that, that Toole guy. So I guess in my logic <laughs> – and Thad Lewis. Don't forget about Thad Lewis. Thad Lewis. So you guys, you guys have a, a first rounder in Aaron Rodgers. So what's I mean, it's it, it's probably gonna be the I same also, thing. I, I want to point out that uh, he's not going to even be calling plays, or it's not going to be his scheme either. Matt Lafleur got brought in to call the plays. He said in his opening press conference, he's calling them. I think Nathaniel Hackett being around for a long time. Uh, I like that he has some experience because, I mean, LaFleur's only called plays for one year. He's going to be fucking buried in all the work that has to be done. But, um, yeah, I'm fine with it. And his dad, Nathaniel Hackett's dad was a coach who uh, one of his disciples or worked under him was Mike McCarthy. So comes full circle. <laughs> wow, you guys yeah. have nothing but offensive juggernauts just floating yeah, around. Yeah, I know. It's we got the Titans coach or the Titans offensive coordinator as our fucking coach, and the Jaguars fired coordinator as our offensive coordinator. That's what I'm talking about. I'd like to point out the Jags did have the fifth-rated offense in the league last year, with or not, you know, two years ago, whatever, uh, with Blake Bortles. So he has done some things. Yeah, but Blake's the boat, and Rodgers is not. So thoughts. Oh, that's a good point. I don't think anyone's ever called Rogers the boat, but um, there you go. <laughs> I, I have no argument to that. Thank you. Uh, one other thing, we fi- they fired Ron Zook, the special teams coordinator, worst person, <laughs> worst coach. No, he coached at Illinois. This is a big name. Oh no, trust no. I, that's why I'm laughing. Can you name any other special teams coach in the, in the league? For some reason, no. Ron Zook is always talked about. He's always shown on the sidelines. So fucking bad, dude. The Packers special teams have been, like, the five years he was there, we've been in the 30s four times. In the 30s of the 32 teams. The one other time we were 16th, and that must have been just some bullshit, random bullshit. Cause... If you're the Packers and you have Ron Zook as your special, special teams coach, you go sign Juice Williams to be a gunner for punts. You know what I mean? Like his, he, him and Juice have magic. They went to a Rose Bowl together at, at the that, University of it, Illinois. Think about that. Think about the craziness. It was like 2006. I have the that credit. Was, and that, what was that? His sixth or seventh year at Illinois. Yeah. No, he was a Juice. god there. I was pumped. That was back. And I was like, dude, Illinois is taking over the Big Ten. Juice Williams is coming. He changed the culture, man. Rashard Mendenhall. All these names coming out it was awesome. Yeah, Illinois, and they had good basketball too. Oh, with Deep Brown and Deep Brown, uh, oh, Darren Williams, Luther Head. Oh, I love that team so much. But uh, we, what were we talking about? Football, right? Football. <laughs> Football. Yeah, that's really all I have on the Packers. They're looking for new coaches. They're free of Ron Zook, the worst special teams coordinator in the league. So things are looking up. I'm very confident. Can I ask you one thing? Um. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, do you officially put your name in the hat for coaching vacancies in in the NFL? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, oh. am open to coach offense or defense. You know, or, or special I'll, teams, or I'll read a book about it. I don't care. You know, <laughs> I'll like, read a book on the plane ride there. Yeah, watch some YouTube and read a book. 
I work. I'll work hard. I'm younger than most of the players, you know. So I'll be. I can run a few times. There's you know? no and, way you can run with these NFL players. Well, I mean, like when they're warming up, I'll run next to them while they're warming up. You know what I mean? Like coaches do. <laughs> I'm not talking about like guarding them in practice. I'm talking about in warmups. I'm running with them. You know, like oh, this guy's one of us. You know, got it. Oh, oh yeah. a lot of tea. There's a lot of morale would be. Sure. I'd bring a lot of morale to the table. Yeah. My main argument. Big, yeah, yeah, big morale guy. That would really help us get interviews for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, really wow, that's that, that's some outside the box thinking right there. That's that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right, you want to move on to uh, some listener questions? I I, I guess we can also uh, touch on the Bucks. They're good. They're really good. They won by like forty uh, Tuesday night. Like. They beat the uh, Heat by, like, 40. So, yeah, that's a good feeling. <laughs> I watched the Hawks game. I was telling you this earlier. I watched the Bucks-Hawks game. But the first, my first full Bucks game I watched this season. And, it, and I officially want to say that they are good. <laughs> Thank you for your stamp of approval. You got it, uh, uh, Bub. I'm going to make a personal guarantee before we get into listener questions. White Sox are going to sign Machado bef- after – our next episode. It's not going to happen. I saw an article today from two that last year uh, for, posted February 1st talking about where could names like JD Martinez, you Darvish and Jake Arietta land. And it made me very depressed. We could be waiting until February, like early February for these announcements. So yeah. I don't think they're going to sign until February. I remember Legit- the day that you uh, Darvish signed. I was working a double shift at, 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 at my restaurant, and whenever that happens, I get like an hour, so I go and take a nap in my car, and I was napping in my car, and I looked at my phone, and I got the update. I was like, are you kidding me? And I was yelling so much that a random guy came up to my car in a parking lot. He goes, like, knocked on the window, like, like on my window. Knocked on the window? Like, what are you doing? Hey, is everything okay? What a weird move. You know what I mean? Yeah, get out of my car, you freak. Get out of here. Absolutely weird. Thank you. So weird knocker. If you're listening, um, you're weird. <laughs> That's my second burn. I got, I got him so good there. <laughs> Dude, that guy is never going to do that again. No, never. All right. Listener questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. First question is from the, at the real Donald Trump. Hey guys, Ooh. love the show. Great stuff. It's a good, it's a good show. Keep doing it. I'm going to listen every time you do it. Okay. Listeners, can you please get to your questions? <laughs> what did you guys think of my great American food that I had for the Clemson football team when they came to visit the White House? So for those of you who didn't see this, because of the, because of the shutdown, there were no uh, chefs or cooks in the White House. So Donald Trump went out and... Uh, in in a in a uh, video, he said, "I went to some great American restaurants and I got the best American food money can buy." And he brought back <laughs> Wendy's and McDonald's. I'd like to first say there's no fucking way he went to Wendy's or McDonald's or Burger King. He did not come within a hundred yards of any of those establishments. Nope. He sent somebody to get those. And uh, actually, no, know. no, I, he, I seemed, move. he seemed he seemed like the kind of guy that like. For like ten years straight, he's like, "Hey, make sure you get me my quarter pounder with cheese, medium fry, diet coke every day at eleven thirty. Like, like yeah. back in the nineties, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. 
I, I mean, I could see that. I'm just saying, no, I'm not saying ever. I'm saying to get this specific order. Uh, yeah, stuff. yeah. He didn't go to like to like pick it up. Like, hey, what's up? I'm Don. <laughs> hey, it's me, Don. Hey, Donnie. That's hey, what the. Hey, what's up, Big D? The usual. He's like, yeah, make it the usual. Times a thousand, and everyone's like, oh, oh Donald. <laughs> oh, Donnie D. Uh, you dirty. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I also, I like the move by the looks of it, but then in execution, I think it would be terrible. And I don't want any cold fucking fast I was food. Thinking, I was thinking the same thing. So he was he was stacking um, it, and, yeah. and they came in right after he was done stacking it. But how long do you think it was from the restaurant to the White House? It was probably an hour, like at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just because it had to get set up on those stupid silver platters, which was fucking great. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> like, I just think it was probably all at least, like, just flat, temper- like, room temperature. And McDonald's has ruined it, room temperature. I mean, that, I but don't I guess think... If you're if you're the president of the, of the United States and you're one of the richest men in America, you call them and you're like, hey, guys, come make it at the White House. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like you know how much setup would that would take, and like security clearances, and how much money that would cost. You know what I mean? I, I don't think they pulled all those strings. I think you just get pizzas, and if you get pizzas, everyone's happy because or he, have a. Gr- he did. He did have pizza. There, there was pizza there too. See, I'd eat the pizza. Have someone grilling some burgers. Buy some real meat and grill the burgers right there. You know, have a cookout. That would be cool. Grill some hot dogs and burgers. <laughs> Yeah, play some sand volleyball. Have have, have Donald have, take have off his Donald shirt. Trump, have Donald Trump grill the burger. I bet he has no idea how to grill. I know he takes his also, steak. Also, there's like 75 giant uh, college football players there. True. Did you know, though? Well, have giant grills and a bunch of chefs. Did you know Donald Trump eats his steak well done with ketchup? Of course he does. That That, that, is, that is a negative shock to me. <laughs> that is, un, I mean, that is un, unforgivable in my book. Whatever. Dude, I I work at a restaurant where it's like a $45 filet mignon, and people get it well done all the time, way more than they should. That really pisses me off. Like, what, get a burger. Yeah, you we know? have burgers. We have, get a burger. We have other steaks. Oh, dude, $45 for just a well-done piece of meat. Get out of here. You, get out of here. Get out of here. All right. You got another question? I got, yes, I do. This, is, this one's from at Go Spurs Go. Go Spurs Go. Go Spurs go. 22, go Spurs go. <laughs> hey guys, with Tony Parker returning to San Antonio for his first game with the Hornets, it, it made me think, who is the weirdest person that you guys have ever seen in a different uniform than you're used to? Great question. Great, Great Twitter name, too. I, I, can't I, mean, that was, I, I can't believe that was open. Yeah. It's, everyone, first, that sounds like a first day of Twitter name, but... um. <laughs> I have a lot of names that come to mind. The first one is obvious. Brett Favre is a Viking. As a Jet, it was like, it hurt. It was like, ugh. Like, that doesn't look quite right. Something's off. But when he was in purple, he looked weird. He looked like it didn't make sense. And he was he yep. was also really old. Yep. Like, really old. So his arms were, like, flabby, too. So, like, it, did not, it was not a good look. So I'd Great. say Brett Favre. And then my number two would be Frank Thomas when he was on the A's. Yeah, that, that one does suck. And, like, the obvious ones are, like, Michael Jordan on, on the Wizards is weird. Joe Montana on the Chiefs is weird. Yeah. But my number one is um, a young – is, like, a guy in his, in his young years 
There's actually Sammy two. Sosa. Sammy Sosa on the White Sox is actually who yeah. I was going to say. That is Literally, so I, weird. I see that picture and I'm like, is that fake? Like, what's it's happened? So and then I remember. Like, nope, that was real. That, that guy was my hero growing up and he was on a different team at one point. Are you kidding me? What? <laughs> what? And then, I've, um, seen, I, I've also seen Paul Canerco in a Dodgers uniform before, which is that very is weird. That's super yeah, that weird. was young too. His rookie year, he played like 20 games for the Dodgers, yeah. and the White Sox the rest of his career. Another one that I that I thought of was David Ortiz on the Twins. That's super weird. That is weird. That's a good one to think of. And then Barry Bonds on on the Pirates because I I wasn't really old enough for that. So yeah, but he also looks like a totally different person. Yeah, like he's like he seven seven hat sizes smaller. <laughs> he he looked like a, an amalgamation of just home run hitting. At yeah. the at last year's, like his arms were too big to move anywhere but the, his swing path. Yep, you know, which is genius when you actually like like really think about it. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. He was he was a freak. Next question is from at Kyler Murray. What's up, guys? Love the show. What do you guys think of my choice to join the NFL draft? Jake, go ahead. Good choice. Go get your money. Um, go try to be, I'm sure he's going to be a first round pick. Um, cause he was measured for the MLB draft and he's like five, nine and like seven eighths. Yep. He's basically five, he'll be five, 10 at the NFL draft. Cause he'll stretch like a lot, you know? So he's going to be five, 10, which means he's a first round pick, you know? Um, he's going to go to like the Jags or the Broncos or who knows. And I don't know. He's going to play baseball someday. I, I do know that. I, I know he's not going to be a longtime quarterback. But I feel like people also overreact. Like, oh, the A's lost the seventh overall pick. What are they going to do? They've got to be so pissed. It's baseball, people. Seventh overall picks make it like a third of the time to a, like an everyday starter. You know, they'll make the MLB at some point. But everyday starter, like 30% of the time at also, most. Also, is did he, like, sign the contract for the A's? Do you know? Yeah, I think he did. He got his 4.9. So he'll be playing in spring training, I believe. So, yeah, so if it's any other position in football other than quarterback, I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. If you're, yeah. if you're a quarterback with all, like, the new rules changes and all, all that, like, health violations that you have to be a quarterback, you, you can only get sacked in, like, a 5.5-inch um, square. You know what I mean? Yeah. Five by five. Well, like, he he's out of the pocket constantly, but still, but still he can like, slide. Yeah. So if if you're Kyler Murray and you're a first round pick, you're gonna keep getting backup jobs as as long as you want. Sam Sam Bradford made a hundred million dollars. Obviously he was he was number one overall. But uh-huh. people just kept giving him he just got a twenty million dollar contract from the Cardinals and then got cut the same year. Yeah, but Paxton Lynch made six point eight million. That's the number you need to worry about. Like, because I think Kyler Murray is look is not going to be Sam Bradford. He's going to be Paxton Lynn. You know, he's going to be in the league for like one year, two, you know, two three years most. He's going to get a few starting opportunities. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's I, great. I think he's going to get shot up the uh, draft board. I think it's going to be like Me a, too. like a Baker Mayfield type thing where everyone's like, oh, he's like mid to late first rounder, and then the closer. The draft came was like, oh, he's getting higher, he's getting higher. And he just kept impressing people and kept impressing people. And, like, when it comes to the NFL draft, if you need a quarterback and you know you do, you will take a chance on anybody. Yeah. I don't know that he's necessarily that much better than Lamar Jackson was. 
I mean, Lamar Jackson had his Heisman level year, and then he had an average or a really good but not Heisman year. I guess Kyler Murray finishing on the Heisman year might. I think he could be a top ten. I think I don't think he'll be the. He won't be the number one. I just do not see that. If he's the only thing that is giving me the uh, number one vibe, is Cliff Kingsbury saying that a year <laughs> ago, which is unbelievable yeah. when you actually think about it. He said it at Texas Tech. He's like, yeah, dude, Kyler Murray. I've been into him since high school. If I was if I was in the NFL, I'd take him with the number one overall pick. Dude, then he a got year later, canned. you got it. <laughs> you know? Then he got canned and then hired at USC, and then he now he's an NFL coach somehow. Oh, that's fucking wild. But, yeah, if it's any other um, position than quarterback, I'm like, that's a stupid move. Jeff Samarja is like yeah, like prime you, example. It's so much different being a pitcher and a wide receiver than it is being a quarterback and an outfielder. Yeah. You know, Pitching is also way harder, you know, like on your body. Agreed. So. Agreed. All right, next question. Great question, is, Kyler Murray. Yeah, that, that was really nice of him to uh, to phone in. That was awesome. All right. Yep, yep. Next question is from NFL fan sixty eight. Just kidding, sixty nine. <laughs> Got you good there. Forty four. That was like the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you guys think <laughs> of the matchups for the conference championships this week? And do you guys get bored with the one two matchups every year? Jake, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I love these matchups. I think all four teams are really good, and I think they all deserve to be. I mean, this is I want to see the best teams play, and no matter what the Super Bowl is, I'll be excited. I just hope to God the Chiefs win. That's all I really care about. Go Chiefs. If I can get Chiefs versus Rams or Saints, I don't care. That would be a dream. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm very excited about these matchups. Here's my predicament uh, for the AFC. I, I'm so tired of the Patriots. Like, I'm so over them. Obviously, everyone is. Oh, my God. And then if the Patriots win another Super Bowl, I have to hear my dad bitch about it for, like, a whole calendar <laughs> year. And that's the worst. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Dolphins just, didn't the Dolphins hire, like, the Patriots linebackers coach yeah. to be their coach? Yeah, they did. How does he feel about that? I haven't talked to him yet. I'll, I'll, see, him, I'll see him this weekend, so I'll ask him. I'll get some it's deets. the Pat linebackers coach. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, whatever. But if the Chiefs beat the Patriots, then Patrick Mahomes is going to a Super Bowl and Mitch Trubisky's in the same draft as him. <laughs> and that can't happen. <laughs> he was also taking like 10 picks after, like outside the top 10 yeah. while Mitch was two. So I'm going to make some calls and ask Goodell, because he's a fan of the show. He's tweeted us a few times. Also, a huge fan of the Pats. We all know that. Yeah. So, hey, Mr. Goodell, can you just make sure that the NFC Championship game is actually the Super Bowl? Thanks. Because I don't want either of the AFC teams in there. Like, I, I like that. I like that co- you know, compromise. Thank you. So, of the four, I'm surprised you didn't say this, we need the Saints to win because Dan Arnold is, True. A, is he's a pal and he's like a 98% chance of coming on the show. If we interview a Super Bowl champion... That's that's way cooler than anything that we'd ever experience. That's a good point. I think interviewing him, him being a Super Bowl champion, would definitely be like add like four questions to the interview. That'd be nice. But imagine, and our fans love those four questions. Playing with Drew Brees, like we have a, I mean, he's got a lot going for him already. Playing with Nick Verstrady in high school? Are you kidding? (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. so, So that's uh. So I guess I, I want the Saints to win it all. And a Saints-Patriots Super Bowl where it's 
48 to 48 in overtime, and Dan Arnold catches a 99-yard pass where he jukes out 11 players and truck sticks a 12th somehow to go into the end zone. And then in, yeah, and then yeah, in the end zone, stuff. he turns to the camera and he says, "That's for live from the 815." And then, <laughs> and then the uh, confetti drops. And, and has he responded to us yet? I haven't asked him, but we are very. We I mean, I'm I'm confident. We've we've got we've got. Logley and we have Mark and I'm confident. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So uh, looking up Dan Arnold's stats this year: twelve catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown, baby. But like three of those catches were like diving catch, like not like a dive, or everyone's like, "Hey, check out this diving." It was just like full out, like his child dropped from from their crib. Having 150 yards in a season in the NFL is such an accomplishment in life. It's insane. Like yeah. and like. He, he went to a D3 school, and then, and then he was a practice squad guy. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, or he just retires, and, like, who cares? You were in the NFL. You caught passes from Drew Brees? Are you kidding me? He was he was Drew Brees' first read on the on the play that broke his record this year. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? He had to think about Dan Arnold. He's like, hey, is Dan Arnold open? No. Is this guy open? No. Is that guy open? Yes. Pew. Record. Pew. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. We should interview him. We yeah oh yeah we we will. Next uh, question is from at fan of Colton's dad. Hey guys, as a Dolphins fan, anything Adam Gase does, I have to watch. What do you guys think of Adam Gase's eyeballs during his his uh, press conference, <laughs> Jake? Uh, I thought it was a real weird look, but uh, I don't know. People are making a huge deal out of it. I don't know. Is it? What do you think? It was weird, man. It like. I don't know. I have no. I've never seen him like that. I saw him on the freaking Bears and the Dolphins, and he's never yeah, been. I've never seen <laughs> that move. That was so like it looked like his eyeballs were were going. Have you seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, he looked like he was on drugs. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a scene at the end of Who Framed Roger Rabbit where the villain turns out to be a cartoon. Spoiler alert! And yeah, his eyeballs seen... pop out of his head. That's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> yeah, he looked real weird. It is noseworthy because he looks so weird, but, like, I don't know. I'm not going to judge him that hard for it. Yeah, he's also – yeah, he's a two-time head coach making millions of dollars, and we're just a two podcast hosts almost making a million dollars. Yeah, making just shy of a million. Just shy. All right. Next question is from baseball fan of baseball for teen. All right, what do you guys think of Melvin Upton going back to B.J. Upton? I'm happy about it, you know? <laughs> like, what, what, like, I didn't, I didn't read it, obviously. I don't really do any reading or research on, on anything. What made him change from B.J. to Melvin in the first place? I don't know. Those aren't even, I, yeah, we really should have done a, a lick of research. But, like, <laughs> what's his name? Like, Give you can't just, Melvin and BJ are not related at yeah, all. Yeah, if it was like, hey, I'm BJ, never mind, call me Brian, because I'm Brian Jordan Upton. No, call me Melvin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot like when uh, Childish Gambino got his rap name because he just typed it into a rap name generator. BJ Upton's like, what should my first name be? Click Post Malone. Melvin. <laughs> Melvin. His full name is Melvin Upton Jr., Name note, known as BJ Upton through 2014, and now again in 2019. Does it say why? He went a five-year hiatus. Does it say why? 
No. <laughs> wow, the mystery. <coughs> Sorry, I just caught How B.J. Upton became B.J. Upton again. Wow. This sounds like a real introspective piece. <laughs> to be honest, I couldn't tell you how to spell introspective or what it means. No, but I think I'm reading in this article. Did, did the Rays sign Avi Garcia? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. well, good for him, I guess. <laughs> I like him. So, moral of this of this BJ Upton story is that Avi Garcia is now with the Rays. He, he was a good. He was a. He was a pretty average, pretty good player and a cool guy. Cool dude and a sick dude. I'll give him a half a thumbs up. Wow. Yeah, wow, he did it, folks. You missed it. It's electric. <laughs> a half a thumb up is life-changing. That was, that was pretty cool. It's electric. All right. All right. Last <laughs> last listener question is from at Jim Harbaugh. What's up, dudes? <laughs> my, what's up, my bros? Brunch next week? You guys don't ever respond to my texts. My question is, um, I, I just offered a seventh-grade quarterback a scholarship to Michigan. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> you really, you really lost your mojo at the end of that question, there, John. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? <laughs> He's really nervous to ask us this question. Yeah, he was really excited to ask us to go to lunch with him. Brunch. Get yeah, we We should really respond to his texts. <laughs> yeah, not gonna happen, Jim or John. I don't, I don't even know which one you are anymore. But uh, it's Jim, you fool. Uh, what was I going to say? Seventh graders are freaks nowadays. They're all super athletes. This isn't that surprising to me anymore. I think people are just, I think eighth graders could play like in the NFL or in the NBA, like now, you know, like freshmen in college, Zion Williamson was an eighth grader last year or, or not an eighth. Or, <laughs> that's not what I meant. I meant Ooh. eighth graders. <laughs> you oh, know, he was not an eighth grader last year. Dude, like there's, I've been following like Bleacher Report on Instagram, and they're posting eight, seventh, and eighth graders all the time throwing down hammer dunks. Like, I I do remember Zion in eighth grade throwing down windmills. Yeah, there's there's more kids doing that. Like they're all over the place, and I'm sure this guy this guy's eighth grade tape was disgusting. So seventh grade tape, seventh, seventh grade, seventh. <laughs> in seventh grade, you're what eleven, twelve. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Think about that. Like, like the quarterback for Michigan last year was like 22 years old, and he's offering <laughs> a guy half of his age a scholarship. That I mean, they got to be older than that. Well, you're like 13 freshman year of high school, right? Uh, maybe. Maybe 14. Or you're 13 in seventh grade. 12 to 13. 12, yeah. 12, 13. Still, that's so young. And, yeah, and that's, that's also saying that Harbaugh thinks he'll still be there in five years. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess so. Or he's just getting a media story to get podcasts like us talk about it. You know, and we are the podcast, so that's a well, yeah, he, well played. Mission accomplished. There. Yeah, if Michigan wants to get more recruits, this is how, this is how they do it. Yep, yep, yep. Genius, genius. Well, that's all we have for listener questions. Do you have any? Uh, no, I do not. Are you ready to go to our awesome, super cool interview? I freaking am, Jake. All right, we're going to kick it over to White Sox left-hand pitcher, Caleb Frere. We now welcome on a very, very, maybe the most special guest of all time. And I am I am just saying that, Caleb. But we have, <laughs> yeah, we have, so. we have Chicago White Sox lefty, 
Caleb Frere. Caleb, Caleb, thanks for joining us, man. How are you doing today? I'm great. You know, thanks for having me on. It's it's a privilege and it's a pleasure. No problem. Uh, first off, congrats on getting married, man. Thanks. Woo! Yeah, it, it was great. Me and my wife were really happy about it. We got married on December 14th. Ceremony reception went off without a hitch. Everybody had a great time. It was fantastic. Did you guys only get married so we can uh, congratulate you on this podcast? Yes, that was the primary reason. Yes. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what Jake was saying. But I I'm a huge romantic, so I was like, Jake, that's that's kind of a dick thing to say. But I mean, I guess he was right. Yeah. Yeah, it was solely for this podcast, just to mess up the timing of getting me on and everything like that. Yeah, it was solely for this podcast. <laughs> Selfish. All right, Caleb. So um, we had our stat. Um, our, our stat people go through everyone that you faced on the White Sox last year. You faced names like Victor Martinez, Josh Donaldson, Anthony Rizzo, Yonder Alonso, which we'll get to in a second. But who is the hardest person that you have ever faced as a pitcher? Victor Martinez. Was he? Yep. I got to watch him for that entire series. I believe it was four games. And I faced him in game two of that series. And I kept playing through. Game one, I watched him when. I watched how he went about his approach, and I'm like, this dude's going to be a tough out. Day two, watched it, watched it, and I'm like, this dude's going to be a tough out, and I go and face him. He was a tough out. He singled off me. I think it was an 0-2 count, and he just laced the ball in the left, and I'm like, man, I was, I was mad. I hung a slider. I should have had him, but whatever, and um, so watching the next day, and I'm like, that dude is a really good hitter, and He's probably the one guy I've seen right now that I don't know how to get out. Or I have to execute three perfect pitches in order to get him out. As yeah. far as strikeout goes. But, like, you know, I faced Yonder Alonso. I threw him an 0-0 slider. He didn't really see it. Threw it again. He didn't really see it. So, it's you know, it's 0-2. I threw it again. He didn't really see it. But it was a ball, so it's 1-2. I throw it again. And it's... It's a strikeout. I mean, I knew he didn't see my slider, and so I'm pretty good at picking up on stuff like that. But Victor Martinez, he's a—he's not only talented, but he's very, very smart, and you can see that when you're on the mound. Yeah, talking about Yonder Alonso could not be more perfect. We didn't plan this. We're just really good at what we do. My next question was going to be, are you going to talk shit to Yonder Alonso in spring training that you struck him out and he had no chance against you? I might give him a little jab, but ultimately, at the end of the day, he's going to be my teammate. True. And I would rather him him be on my team because I've seen what he can do than have vision. So I, I'm very excited for him. I'm going to give him a little jab probably. For sure. And, you know, maybe we'll face each other in like a sim game or BP early spring training. And, I don't know, maybe he'll lace a double off me or something like that. I don't know. And he can jab me back about that, you know. So, uh... Speaking of new teammates and wanting to uh, have him on your team, uh, as the resident White Sox fan, it's clear to most of Chicago that Manny Machado, he's waiting on pins and needles to hear your pitch and why he should join the White Sox. I mean, the White Sox organization. We all know Manny's waiting for you, so please bring him home. Let's hear it. I would tell Manny that uh, we have a great young team here that – we're slightly inexperienced, but we are very talented. And right when he's hitting his prime, when he's 28 years old, 27 years old, we are going to be a major competitor, especially 
in all of baseball in the top 30 teams, we're going to be one or two. Our team is very talented. We have the guys around it. And, you know, he's been a, he's played, what, seven years in the big leagues, six years in the big leagues. And we have guys that could use his experience. But yet he's young. He's our age. Our core group of guys, he's our age. And he would be an awesome fit because we can all learn a lot from him about how he goes throughout his day, his routine, because he is one of the best players on the planet right now. And I think he fits with Chicago. We need a guy like that. Yeah, breaking news, Manny Machado now signs with the White Sox per Life in the A15. So that's, that's awesome that people get to hear hear it first. So, yeah, thank you. Thanks for uh, doing that for us, Caleb. That's, that's really nice of you. No, he, he did? Well, I mean, he heard your pitch right now. So then I think, I think oh, okay. he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's going yeah. to sign right away. Okay, we're we're assuming. Yeah, yeah. We're assuming we're gonna we're gonna jump to conclusions and then if it doesn't pay off, we're gonna say that that we were joking, you know? So we yeah. have a backup plan. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, so looking forward in your career, do you have a white whale or anybody in the majors right now that you really want to strike out? Um when I first got drafted it was always Albert Pujols because he was with the Cardinals and I'm like, I gotta I got to face him because he was hitting 300 plus every year and dropping at least 40. And I was just like, this dude's unreal. And being a lefty and he's a righty, I'm like, I have a disadvantage and I wanted to face him. But right now, um, I'm pretty good friends with Aaron Judge and we play PlayStation stuff together. And um, so I'd like to get him just so I can rub it in his face, you know, give him a little jabs. Awesome. Um, so. When was the first time you struck out a major leaguer, whether it was in the minors, that you thought, this is, I can do this, I can do this with the best of them? You know, was it maybe some guy was on a rehab assignment in the minors, or you just knew some stud that you struck out on the other team? What was the first strikeout where you knew you were a major league pitcher? Um, it, it wasn't until I got to the big leagues. Hmm. Um, yeah, Swihart was my first one, and... You know, I'd faced other big league guys. I'd gotten a couple strikeouts on them. My first one was Michael Bourne. He was on a rehab assignment with the Blue Jays, and um, he just didn't look right, so I don't really want to count that one. He his, well, he wasn't comfortable in the box. He hadn't seen live pitching in probably two months, and I think he went back on the DL after our three-game series with them. But Swihart, you know, he's he was an active major league player, and that's kind of when I felt like I belong. You know, I have the stuff to compete at this level. Um, do you have the audio of Hawk calling your first strikeout? Because out of all I, the announcers, I'd say Hawk and Vince Scully are the, are the two guys that I would want to call that moment. And you were and you had Hawk call yours. So do you have the audio yeah, for that? I have the audio. I have the video. Um, yeah, they emailed it to me afterwards. It's incredible. Yeah, and that, that's so cool. And like you said, Vin Scully, you know, my dad, he he drove, he uh, owns a trucking company, so he drives, so he listens to the radio all the time, and he loves listening to Vin Scully, and he loves listening to Hawk, and it's just like, the fact that I made my Major League debut on Hawk Day, you know, they, his last formal game as an announcer was the day I, I pitched, and so it was really cool. My debut kind of flew under the radar. You know, I had my little circle that was really excited, but the entire stadium didn't really care because it was Hawk Day. You know, he came out on the field before the game and talked, and it was really special getting to watch him go through that. And that part of me, my major league career, is is associated with the legacy of Hawk. I mean, it's it's incredible. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't have much of a, a much better story for your opening day than you were on Hawk Harrelson's retirement, so that's awesome. Yeah, uh, it really is. So, we have, you know, we read up on you. It says you're uh, quite the fireballer. We know you've had Tommy John surgery. What's the fastest you've been clocked, and has it affected you at all, having that surgery? I know a lot of guys actually say they gained velocity after that. How about you? Um, I've been up to 97. I didn't get up there until August after I got traded. Um, I got drafted. I was 89-92 as a starting pitcher, and I might have hit 94 out of high school. Not really sure. And um, my first half season of pro ball, my velo starts creeping down. The day that I blow out my elbow, I'm like topping out at 88 miles an hour. And I felt it go on a curveball, felt the pop. It's Curveball was 56 miles an hour, and I knew exactly what had happened. I walked off the mound, told the trainer, I'm like, my elbow just popped. And so I missed that entire, I missed 13 because of my elbow rehabbing that. And then 14, I got hit by a car. So I missed, <laughs> I missed like all of 2014. You're just casually throwing that in there? <laughs> yeah, like, so first day of spring training, I'm getting my baseball bag out of the bed of my pickup truck. A player's wife backs into me and pins me against my truck in the player parking lot. Oh, my God. And, yeah, she squishes me, and she thinks she's caught on, like, a speed bump or something. And so she accelerates again. And then, like, I damaged her car. I cracked her window. I mean, everything. And so screwed up my back for about a month. Did an abbreviated throwing program. Had some nerve issues after that throwing program. And that took me all the way till August. About two weeks till the GCL's over with. I was supposed to pitch that last week. And I tear my quad conditioning. And, yeah, a week before I'm supposed to get in the game and finally conquer TJ. And the Yankees were just like, go home, have a good offseason. On my way home, my gallbladder fails in South Dakota. <laughs> and, yeah, and I have surgery um, in September on my gallbladder. But as far as your question goes, like, I came back throwing harder. I don't know if it was because of the surgery or because of I finally grew up. You know, when I started pitching again, I was 21 years old. I'd grown for three years. And pre-surgery, I was 18. I don't know how much of it, how much was just growing related, you know, but I definitely came back throwing harder. And I'm very thankful for it. You should be dead. Yeah, I should. <laughs> After all that, maybe that's why you, you're throwing harder because you have like no soul left in your body because it left you when you got hit by a car. Well, I mean, I'm also a redhead, so I mean, oh, I don't have soul to begin with. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been a rough going <laughs> for you, man. The cards are stacked against you. Did you replace that poor woman's windshield when you, you know, broke it? No, I didn't. I, <laughs> I, I hobbled into the training room, and the trainers were like, "What's up?" I'm like, I just got hit by a car. <laughs> And they're oh, like, man. what? And then one of our front office guys comes in. He's like, Frere just got hit by a car. Somebody go help him. <laughs> that just sounds like a like a mean joke that everyone's trying to play on, on you. It was, but it was, I don't know, it was kind of funny. And, you know, it ended up being really good because I got an extra year off of TJ. That's true. Which, that's recommended you take two years. And I was kind of forced to take that second year. And I think because of that second year, I've had absolutely no issues with my elbow. No soreness, no pain, no tingling, nothing. It's been perfect. 
Well, that's an incredible way to find the upside in something. So, <laughs> Thanks. So here's a really, really good question for you. Um, me and Jake both played baseball in high school. I played one year because I was cut the rest of the years, and that was sophomore year. Um, we were in high school, all three of us, around the same time. Caleb, I'm, I'm going to read you my, my stat line for sophomore year. Um, one of these stats was conference leading. I'll let you decide which one it was. Uh, 226 average, zero home runs, three RBIs, um, about a, a 245 on base percentage, and then 18 sack bunts. So my question to you is, uh, you give me 100 at-bats, high school Colton against high school Caleb, how many times are you going to strike me out? Um, at least 70. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> if, I don't, if I don't strike out 30 times, that is a miracle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had no command in high school, so I'd probably walk you 20 other times. Damn right. So we'd have about 10 ABs in there where it would be really fun. You know, by your percentages, you're probably looking at four of those are stack bunts. So we're looking at six pitches where you can maybe do some damage with. Oh, trust me. I, I could go, like, up against Roger Clemens in his prime and lay down a six-sack bunt. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, thank All you. Right, so, uh, <laughs> you've played for a lot of minor league teams, and one thing I love about minor league teams the most probably is their names and uniforms. You've played for such teams as the Charleston River Dogs and the Trenton Thunder. What's the coolest uniform you've gotten to wear so far that isn't a major league uniform? Ah, that's tough. You know, River Dogs, they're so classic. They didn't really have alternates. They had, you know, it was great. It was a great atmosphere. I'd have to say Trenton Thunder. They had a promotion every weekend. I can't tell you how many different uniforms I wore just in this last year alone for pitching for Trenton for four months. I, I got to say, I wore 12 different jerseys for Trenton. That includes home, road, alternates, fun ones. Like, we had a Hawaiian night, and so we got lays all over our uh, our uniforms, and they looked terrible because you couldn't read any of the lettering. <laughs> and it was just, just looked like a bunch of yellow dots. You know, but it had to be Trenton. They they do a really good job, and yeah, they they have some really cool uniforms. As a player, do you do you like all those all those promo nights in like New Jersey's, or are you just kind of used to it and like and like focus on your game? And would you ever consider cut if you didn't like the uniform, cutting it up with a pair of scissors, cutting up the entire teams? Would that be a yeah? You think? Um, I wouldn't cut up the entire teams. We've banded together as a team. Uh, this was two years ago in Tampa, and said, "No, we're not wearing these." They want in the Florida State League. They wanted us to wear old throwback wool uniforms on a day game. It's for the fans, Caleb. <laughs> we were in Lakeland. They don't have fans. Oh. <laughs> well, not with that attitude. <laughs> it was the Flying Tigers versus the Tampa Yankees, and it was the final attendance of the game was fifty-two. Oh balls! <laughs> <laughs> oh balls! Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just like we didn't wear them. Tigers didn't wear them, so it, was, it worked out fine. It was supposed to be throwback day, but nobody came and nobody saw us, and we didn't wear them, and nobody cared. Yikes! <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't sweat it out in those wool uniforms for those fifty-two fans. Yeah, yeah, fifty-two people went home pissed. We went home pissed because it was like ninety-eight <laughs> degrees, and there's no shade in that bullpen. 
there's no water. I mean, we ran out of water in the second inning, so we're just sitting out there for seven innings, just like, this sucks. Yeah, Jake, they were hot, all right? Get off his back. Yeah. Yeah, no, like I don't know if you guys have ever been to Lakeland. You can't see out of that bullpen. You're out, like, in right center field, and you're looking through, like, really thick chicken wire. So you're looking at, like, little gaps that are, like, the size of a penny. <laughs> wow, this is the uh, life of a... Uh, of a uh, minor league pitcher sounds awesome. You're really selling yeah, it on it. <laughs> it's great. All right, so we're going to move towards your hometown of, of Miles City, Montana. Um, <clears throat> say say me and Jake are going to Miles City for a nice, uh, cool weekend. Give us some bachelor hot spots. Party. Who knows? Yeah, a bachelor party. What's <laughs> what's the most fun things we can do in Miles City, Montana? Well, uh, you got to go during bucking horse sale. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It is the third weekend in May. All right. and I'm going to write this down. <laughs> yeah, it's the third weekend in May. They block off Main Street, and they put up cattle guards, so they put up a cattle fence. And you can bar hop. Completely open. You can open carry your alcohol. You can do whatever you want. It's an absolute mess. And during the day, they have cattle sales on Main Street. So you can go to all those. But then at night, it... It's called a street dance. Everybody just goes out. They have live bands out on Main Street. They have food. It's a fantastic weekend. Other than that, you're not really missing much. <laughs> Is there, like, a water tower that we can check out? Yeah, but, I mean, it's the tallest thing in the town, so you can only see it. All right. That, but, yeah. but that that festival actually just sounds like a shit show slash great time. It just sounds like everyone's carefree and fun. It is. We're actually in the Guinness Book of World Records Ooh. for most alcohol consumed in a weekend per capita. <laughs> That's incredible. You know, it's uh, kind of cheating, though, because our population jumps up from, like, 8,000 to, like, 22,000. Every hotel's full. Everybody, their cousin's aunt is here, everything. And so, like, you know, we have almost 20,000 people in Mile City. So, I mean, you got to feed all those people. We might actually end up going to this. It sounds so fun. It sounds but, awesome. Uh, <laughs> sticking with the Miles City, uh, according to the Wikipedia page, our research team really worked hard on this one. Uh, some of their notable people are TV director Jeff Mayer and vaccine inventor Maurice Hillman, both household names. Do you think you could one day join this prestigious list? I- I'm hoping so. Those are... The vaccine lady's pretty cool. That, I mean, that's that's fantastic that she did that. Um, the movie director, I can't really say I know him. TV but, director. Yeah, TV director, sorry. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, clearly I don't know him. <laughs> there was a but, guy on that list who pitched for the Blue Jays for like a week and a half, so I don't know why you're not on that list. Yeah, he did. Um, that was in like 98. Yeah. And nobody knows what really happened to him. He was, his entire minor league career, he was great. And then he got called up and kind of got hit around, walked a bunch of people. And then he went back down in like six more years, but never had a quality year again. And hmm. you could see like the stark dis- uh, difference in his numbers. Like he went from a power pitcher. And so I don't know if he got hurt in the big leagues and just kind of pitched through it for the rest of his career. But he got sent back down and he, he went from like a strikeout rate of over nine per nine down to like six per nine yeah maybe he had some uh vision problems because he couldn't handle the uh bright lights of of the majors how do you like that well you know yeah it's it's 
it's tough because, uh, you know, Colton, you played more high school baseball than I did. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. We didn't have high school baseball. Damn it. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting here on my couch like a bum. I haven't even showered yet today. <laughs> oh, this is so embarrassing. Oh, my. You're good. Well, a helpful tip to get on that list, you could do what we did and just put your name on it yourself. It's Wikipedia. They let you do that. So yeah. that's how we... Oh, there you go. Yeah, we did that for our hometown, so uh, I think people think that we're, like, super famous. You know what? When this episode comes out, I'm putting you on there. And then I'm going to say Chicago White Sox left-hander slash live from the A15 guest. <laughs> I love it. Made in first order. Yeah. So everyone check out the uh, Miles City, Montana Wikipedia right now. And you will see Caleb's name right there, front and center. <laughs> I love it. All right, so I guess this is the last question that I have. Jake really wanted me to ask this question. I think it's weird, but... Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Caleb, you're a lefty. Have you seen the scientific studies that show that lefties are, are huge weirdos? Oh, yeah. Are you a you huge weirdo? I am. Oh, man. Jake, great question. I, yeah, I, I resident lefty, so, you know, you're really overcoming the odds. <laughs> yeah, you're a redheaded lefty who got hit by a car and has no gallbladder, so you are, yeah, yeah everyone uh, watch out for the uh, 30 for 30 on Caleb's life coming soon, because <laughs> yeah, you are against every odd that has ever existed. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a struggle, but I've persevered and gotten through it. Well, that's all that I have. Jake, do you have any else? Anything else? No, that's all I have. Just excited for the White Sox season to start. Can't wait to see you up there. Yeah. Caleb, do you have any questions for us? I'm sure I'm sure you have tons, but you can hold back if you want. Okay. You know, when is this going live? This is this is going live uh, tomorrow. So that is, what's the date today? Should I know this? Tomorrow's the 16th. Wednesday, January 16th. This is going live. Awesome. <laughs> so that's the last question. <laughs> so be prepared for a lot of uh, interaction. Everyone's going to flood your Twitter and everything. So yeah, Caleb, we are, our biggest. We're from Rockford, Illinois, but our biggest crowd that listens to this is from Norway. So you're you're about to blow up overseas. So are you are you ready for that sort of fame? I am. Yeah, I think I can handle it. But yeah. I'll, I'll contact you guys if I need any help with the Norway people. Sure, sure. Yeah, we have a lot of experience. <laughs> All right. Well, Caleb, thanks for joining us. Um, we'll have you on back in the future, and best of luck going forward. Um, avoid traffic and, um, I guess, the sun. I don't know. <laughs> what else do I say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, Caleb, thank you so much for joining. All right, thanks. All right, Bye, see guys. you, buddy. Wow. Talk what about an interview. <laughs> socks blown off. Yeah, our white socks blown off. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh sweet. No, that was freaking ill, bro. That was <laughs> ill. Alright. Um I guess we have no more segments. <laughs> yeah, we're out of segments. We are out of go. segments. Jake, have you have you been watching anything lately? Uh I'm still watching Bones a lot, which I told you about. It's a crime show from like two thousand like it started in like two thousand three, but there's twelve seasons. So, okay. you know, I'm watching okay. the early seasons. and there's seasons is so many. It's so dated. Like, people can't take pictures with their cell phones in, like, the first three seasons. And then they figure out they can. And it's, it's really funny. And it's really dated. But uh, great show. You know, if you like stupid crime shows where they always, always catch the bad guy, 
watch this one. This is the show for you. All right. If you don't want like suspense, like oh my god, are they gonna catch him? You know they're gonna catch him, but how do they catch him? You know. Oh yeah, that's that's the good <laughs> stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How about you? Um, I I so I paused the marvelous Mrs. Maisel for a little bit, but now I'm back on it. Show is so funny. It's like legitimately so well thought out and really funny, and. Nice. Like, it's a, a lot more vulgar than you think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking, it's really funny. Um, and then, movie-wise, uh, uh, I watched a movie with my girlfriend the other day called Sleeping With Other People. Have you ever watched this? No. Holy shit, is this movie funny. Oh, my <laughs> God. We So, we, like, turned it on because it was, like, kind of, it was, it was, like, it looked like a, a, um, a chick flick. And, like, I'm really into a chick flicks, and, and she's a fan. So I was like, "All right, cool." She's boom. sort of into. I kind of begged her, whatever. Well, and it's, it's got it's got Jason Sudeikis. It's on Netflix, and basically Jason Sudeikis and this other girl lose their virginity to each other in high in uh, college, and then they don't see each other for like fifteen years, and then they see each other later in life, and then they're like, "Well, hey, every time I start dating somebody, I have sex with them and ruin it. So let's just be friends, and then we'll be best friends." And then it's classic rom com. You know the ending, whatever. Oh, they found out that they slept... They didn't know immediately that they had already slept together? They did, but they just started hanging out in the future, like, in, like, in like present time. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So then they were like, wow, we actually get along with each other, and every time I start dating somebody and I, and I have sex with them, I always ruin it, and, like, we always break up because things get weird. So then they agree that they're just friends, and then they're just going to hang out, and then they become, like, best friends sort of thing. Gotcha. And then it's fucking one of the funniest movies I've seen in the last five years. Not rom-coms, not comedies, not Netflix movies. One of the funniest overall movies. And I was so pleasantly surprised. My girlfriend fell asleep like ten times, and I woke her up all ten times with my laughter. <laughs> oh, my God, it's funny. So they have, like, J- Jason Sudeikis' best friend in the movie is uh, Rafi from The League. Yeah. And, and it's the only role I- I've ever seen him where he's – the normal person. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's weird. Oh, it's so weird. So him and his wife have like a four-year-old, and like a seven-year-old or whatever. And mm-hmm. basically the whole time is they're just really envious that they're not single because they like want to do drugs. They want to get drunk and they're fucking hilarious. Oh, that's man. Awesome. Like Jason Sudeikis and that other girl take Molly and go to a uh, seven-year-old's birthday party. Highly. Uh, sleeping with other people. Highly recommend it. And Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Highly recommend it. Those are great recommendations. I'm so, I haven't seen any uh, movies lately. I haven't either. So, I still really want to see uh, Spider-Verse. It's really good. Did I talk about that last week? I yeah, thought I did. You talked about that uh, little girl crying or whatever. Yeah, that was funny. It is, it's intense. For, yeah, and it's funny, and it's got great music. So Yeah, I'm very into that, that Post Malone song. Yeah, and Jake Johnson's in it, and he's like a big character, and he's awesome. I do love Jake Johnson. He's hilarious. He's 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 literally Jake Johnson in that from New, he's a guy from New Girl. He's literally the same character. He's always you know like kind of lazy, but he's Spider Man, so yeah. it's cool. <laughs> All right, well, Jake, this this may be uh, the end of the episode. So, are you ready for a final thought? I am ready for a final thought. Let's hear it. Um, I'd just like to point out. Um, Giannis dropped a 12-10-10 triple-double tonight, or on Tuesday night, and uh, 
he played in like 24 minutes. So he just oh, got yeah. his triple-double and dipped, yeah. which is really cool. Uh, but James Harden is making it very hard to not make him the MVP. A very hard den. <laughs> oh, he's doing his Kobe Bryant shit where he... Uh, okay, we can laugh at that. Are we done? I'm done, I'm done. Okay, I'm done, I'm done. It's a really good joke. But uh, James Harden's doing his Kobe shit where he like has nobody on his team who's worth anything. Like Everyone's hurt right now, and he's just doing it all by himself. The other night, I think he scored 55, and the team scored 57. Like, I mean, they scored 102 I get it, points. I get it, I get it. Like, that's unbelievable. He is literally putting the team on his back. It's gonna, it, he's probably going to rob Giannis of an, his MVP. And you can't take those for granted. Like, oh, he'll get one. NBA is weird. There's a whole lot of great players, you know. You got to get them when you can. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that stinks. Colton, final thought. My final thought is a big fuck you to the Milwaukee fucking office that gives me parking tickets (laughs) (laughs) i got one the other day and i could have sworn i had a parking permit outside my apartment apparently i didn't and then there's a separate one that i i just got today the morning of this recording (laughs) where it says there's a it's like you can't it's not permitted to park in front of this one sign but on the sign it says from the months of December to March, you can't park here on every third Friday of the month because of the street cleaning. <laughs> and I got my ticket on a Tuesday. So now I think I still can get out of it, but I still have to go downtown at 7 a.m. in fucking Milwaukee to fight this dumbass parking ticket. Fuck. <laughs> so funny. Do you have a picture of the sign? Yes, I so have that- a picture of the sign. I'm pissed. That is unbelievable. <laughs> That would, I mean, like, I'd rather almost just pay the ticket. The ticket was at 4.45 a.m. So this fucking loser was going around at 4.45 a.m. And he's like, hey, well, I don't think I should give this guy a ticket, but whatever. It's 5 a.m. This guy's lazy. He's not going to do it. And they jizzed on my window and gave me a parking ticket. <laughs> you have proof of the jizz. I think you can really get him. No, I, I wipe that off. I don't ah, want gotcha. I, I, I drive a 97 Honda Civic, baby. I don't want that on my beauty. The champagne of cars. I turn a champagne of cars. That car is very, very equivalent to Miller High Life. It really is. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can see that like easily. If someone if someone gives it to you, you're like, dude, this is awesome. Like, thank you. But not everyone's gonna go buy it, you know? Yeah. It gets the I job done. I'll you drive a '97 Civic. Yeah. You you drive someone a lot. I would probably say just like that. Oh, this is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That's how exactly how I would react. Yeah, and like I love the car, and it's very reliable. And I bought it all in cash up front, so I make no car payments. It it was cheap. It's reliable. Uh, Miller Genuine Draft is cheap. It's reliable. <laughs> Shout out to Miller Genuine Draft. Sponsor the pod. And champagne. And champagne, or anybody who wants to give us money for anything, I'll I'll promote anything outside of. I don't know. All of our things were against, you know. Yeah. Cancer. Racism. I'm not going to promote racism. No, we will not. Even if you pay us well. <laughs> I'm picturing, like, the KKK um, <laughs> hiring, like, an ad service to get, like, a, a Got Milk type ad. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, everyone knows about milk, so why why do ads about it? Everyone knows about <laughs> racism. Why are you doing ads? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> It's a good point. The KKK doesn't need to advertise. They teach about them in schools. They do. They they sure do. All right. Well, Jake, that is it 
for what is it, episode 74 of Life in the 815? It'll go down in the history books, for Epis sure. Yeah, episode 74, uh, that's still unofficial, I, I'm, I'm just going to guess, of Life in the 815 podcast. Thank you to Caleb Frere for coming on. Go Sox for this season and this season only because of our new personal friend. Every um, time, Caleb, for, if Caleb Frere is on the roster, you have to root for the White Sox. That's how it works. Rules are rules, man. And I didn't root for the Cubs with Rod Zastrinsky, so. Yeah, well, you're kind of a dick. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. thanks for listening. Uh, shout out to the Two Shots Podcast Network. Thanks for listening on iTunes, on Spotify, on Anchor, Podbean, um, Alexa, Alexa Smart Speakers. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Norway for boosting our numbers. I don't know what the hell's going on, guys, but me and Jake are popping off. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is. You should tweet <laughs> us and tell us if you're in like some sort of village where you're all listening to us. Well, that's all you guys do 24/7 is play our on your Alexa on our on our Alexa speakers. So <laughs> I, I seriously don't know what's going on. But thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I think you can catch us on iHeartRadio now. You can go to TuneIn, Podbean. Got to always shout out Podbean. Stuff like that, guys. Anywhere that you can find your podcast, you can find I'm just us. yelling at your Alexa, mostly. Just your Alexa and smart speakers. Um, yeah, at LifeMay15 on Twitter, at Caleb Frere on Twitter, at the Chicago White Sox. I don't know what their Twitter handle is. <laughs> I don't even know if that's Caleb's Twitter. I, I kind of like also made that up, but whatever. <laughs> All right, that's it, y'all. Peace out. Peace. I love you.